0: Oh Ahoy, motherfuckers. Welcome to Hindsight. I'm Derek. As always, I'm joined by Brandon. Brandon, how are you doing today? Wonderful. So today we are here to talk about uh, another in the list of my favorite movies. And actually, to be completely 100% honest with y'all, I waver between which movie to put on this list because there's only five movies that were going on here. And so it was either going to be this movie or else it was going to be fresh. And at the end, I decided to go with this movie because it's, I don't know anyone who watches this movie and doesn't fall in love with it in some way, shape, or form. Um, The movie we're talking about today is Snatch. Um, Came out in 2000, uh, starring Brad Pitt and... Jason Statham and, uh, yeah, a bunch of British folks. And Benicio Del Toro and Dennis Farina and Vinnie Jones. People who weren't uh, as big of names back then as they are now for some of them. Um, It is an extremely fast-paced movie. Um, And I I love it. I love every, every, every aspect of it. Brandon, um, did you have you seen Snatch before this? No,
1: this is my first time seeing Snatch. The first part of it was kind of hard for me to follow. I mean, not the first part of it, but the parts of this movie was kind of hard for me to follow because I was confused. Mm -hmm. And then I start, but but then it started coming back around to explain things. And uh, I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, I thought Brad Pitt's accent was insane. (laughs) that he was doing this whole movie. I'm like, I don't know. At first I was like, how am I supposed to watch this movie? I don't understand what the fuck he's saying. And then it took me like 30, 40 minutes into the movie to realize none of the characters know what the fuck he's saying. And they're like, what is, what did he say? And I was like, okay, that's the movie. Cause I'm like, yo, how am I supposed to know what's going on if I don't know what he's, I don't understand what the fuck he's saying.
0: And so that happened. What I want you to do now that you've seen it the way that I saw it in the movie theater, <laughs> which was absolute, like, what the fuck did this dude just say? Um, when this movie first came out on DVD, they had to make a special uh, edition uh, on the DVD that was a, um, for lack of a better term, pikey. I think that's what they call it, pikey vision. Um And so there was only closed captioning when Brad Pitt spoke. That was the only (laughs) time the closed caption will pop up on the screen. Now though, uh, with the advent of us all enjoying closed captioning for our own reasons and everybody pretty much using closed captioning all the time, watch this movie using closed captioning next time because Brad Pitt is on one Throughout this entire movie, and is talking gang levels of shit to everybody. (laughs) And it's just like, damn, how did I miss that? Like, he's threatening people. He's telling, when he's talking to uh, Gorgeous George, uh, the boxer, he's talking upper level rock levels of shit to Gorgeous George. You you was a big fucker, ain't you? (laughs) You don't bring a big fucker around here unless you're trying to threaten somebody. What you trying to do? (laughs) <laughs> i'm sorry i'm laughing um i saw the movie when it first came out i was 20 i don't know how i saw it i i'm pretty sure i watched it in the theater um watched it and laughed until i cried uh at things that are still funny to me now that probably shouldn't be funny like tyrone the getaway driver um and just had the best time in the world uh Snatch is a movie. IMDb says it like this: Unscrupulous boxing promoters, violent bookmakers, a Russian gangster, incompetent amateur robbers, and supposedly Jewish jewelers fight to track down a priceless di- stolen diamond. In reality, huh? It's it's not, but it 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 it's. Mm-hmm. It still would have you going into the movie and not knowing exactly what you're about to walk into, which is fine. I want you to walk into this movie and not know what you're going into. Just know that it is a Guy Ritchie movie. If yes, you've seen The Gentleman, this movie is pretty much the precursor to The Gentleman. As far as you're watching the movie and you you see things and you don't know how it all comes together. And then at the end, they have that thing that was really popular around the 2000s when they would have the OSHA 11 scene where they show everything would come together. Uh, Movie starts with Turkish and Tommy, uh, who are partners and boxing promoters, uh, bare knuckle, illegal bare knuckle boxing promoters. And they're telling us about how they're boxing promoters and what the fuck do they know about diamonds? It turns out that that's something that happened later on in the movie when they're in front of Bricktop, who's one of my favorite characters in the movie. Um, But then after they uh, get through that scene, they go to Benicio Del Toro, who's playing Frankie Fourfingers. And he's in a, he's trying to get into a jewelry I don't even know what to, a jewelry handler. It's like Jacob, the jeweler's back shop. I don't even know what to call that place, but um, everybody who works in the place is Jewish. And so Frankie Fourfingers and his friends are also dressed up like Jewish uh, rabbis, almost like they are going upstairs debating the Torah Uh, debating what was meant by certain things in the Bible. And it's actually a really good conversation that would have you really thinking, okay, these guys uh, are really, you know, they're really, they've studied, they studied the Talmud, they study whatever they need to study. And, and they, they all have the the voices, the accents. 90, I'd say 60% come out 2000. 60% of the folks in this movie are either Jewish or want to be Jewish. And so when Benicio del Toro comes in, he has the everything down pat to make you think that he's another scholar of uh, Jewish uh, studies and of the Jewish Bible, uh, the Torah. And it isn't until he gets upstairs and gets through this door where they realize that he's really robbing the place. And it's pretty dope. Um, he has this thing covering up his midsection, which I guess they wear in traditional garb and they scan it when he's trying to get through the doors. They scan it with a metal detector and it goes off. And he's like, what do you, what What do you want me to do? Drop me pants? And he says it with a perfect accent, like watch.
2: Don't they come from Antwerp?
3: Jaime, would you listen to this? Do we have a choice, man? Eh? A lot of it wasn't meant to be taken literally. Um, it's a nice story, Adam and Eve. It's bound with moral fiber for asking a grown man to believe it, I track you. What is it? Well what is it? What do you want to do? Drop my pants. Okay, go through. It's a nice story.
4: Mood, it's just that.
3: Just a story. The religion is best on a mistranslation. Oi, enough already. Ruben, will you say something? Listen to this. Are you busy? I'll tell you the whole story. The Septuagint scholars mistranslated the Hebrew word for young woman into the Greek word for virgin. It was an easy mistake to make because there was only a subtle difference in the spelling. So they came up with the prophecy behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. You understand <laughs> this? It was of a virgin that caught people's attention. It's not every day a virgin conceives and bears a son. A hundred years is due, and the next thing you know, you have the Holy Catholic Church. Oi, what are you saying? I'm saying, just because it's written, doesn't make it so. It gives them hope. It's not really important whether it's fact or fiction. People like to believe... I know what to hear anymore. Anyway, who is it that we're see? Michael. Hello?
1: Uh, Michael. He's there. Murti. Rudy,
3: Ruth! Ruth! Let them in, please! Hey, let them through! Michael! You have kept us waiting for half an hour. Are you trying to give me heartburn?
0: Nope, he's trying to rob the place. And it's really, I think that this part is really impressive. Because of the way that they carried on that entire conversation from the moment they got on the elevator, from the moment they walked in through the scanners, all the way up the elevator, because they knew that they were being watched on camera and they had to maintain this facade of being scholars. And as soon as they made it through the door, pistol whip niggas. (laughs) Where's the diamond? And it turns out what they're looking for is a 65 wait 86 carat diamond yeah um and one of frankie's men who is the brother of KGB member uh boris the blade aka boris the bullet dodger his name is that because he dodges bullets um and so he takes tommy or uh frankie's gun and he's like yo when Which you get the frankie, frankie is oh, benicio del toro, benicio del toro. Okay. And the guy tells him, yo, when you get to London, go see my brother. He'll give you a gun. And he tells Boris, he, the brother tells Boris, look, I'm sending Frankie four fingers to you. Get the gun or get the diamond from him. You can't let it know it was us that stole it from him. He likes to gamble. So at the same time, uh, Frankie has contacted uh, Doug the head who's a jewelry uh, retailer in London. He lives in the Jewish community of London, although he's not Jewish at all. Um, But Doug contacts his cousin Avi in New York about the diamond and Avi sounds very interested and tells Doug to keep Frankie close and interested in selling it to him. Uh, While this is going on at the same time, Turkish and Tommy are preparing for a big bout uh, using their best boxer Uh, Gorgeous George. Uh, Tommy is a bit overprotective at this point in time, and he's bought a gun from Boris the Bullet Dodger. The reason why he's overprotective right now is because they have, as uh, boxing promoters, at some juncture of time, they each have to deal with um, Bricktop, who is... A. Gangster, I guess should be said, he's a gangster and uh, anybody who messes with uh, Bricktop ends up in his pocket, in his debt, and they don't want to be in his debt. And the reason why they don't want to be in his debt is because um, he's a pig farmer. And we'll find out later on that the pig farmers in this uh, in this movie are pretty much the meanest motherfuckers in the entire world.
2: For Tommy's newfound enthusiasm for firearms. Sooner or later, in the unlicensed boxing world, you're going to have to deal with that reason. Brick Tom.
5: If that's not worth a bet, I don't know what is. He doesn't look bad, does he? Oh no,
2: Mr. parkwood he looks great. He'd do you proud, Governor.
5: You reckon that's what people should do for me, do you, Gary? Do me proud?
6: It's what you deserve, Mr.
5: Palpat. Pull your tongue out of my arsehole, Gary. Dogs do that. You're not a dog, are you, Gary? Uh, No, no, I'm not. However, you do have all the characteristics of a dog, Gary. All except loyalty.
2: It's rumored that Bricktop's favorite means of dispatch involves a stun gun, a plastic bag, a roll of tape, and a pack of hungry pigs.
5: You're a roofless little cunt Liam, I'll give you that. But I've got no time for grasses. Feed them to the pigs, Errol. What the fuck are you two looking at? I
0: think Briggs up. Hmm? That's
1: why you can never find a body.
0: Yeah, exactly so Turkish and Tommy do all their business out of this nasty ass uh, caravan that's what they call it in uh, in London it's a funky ass fucker and Tommy's like yo what's wrong with the caravan we got and Tommy's and uh, Turkish is like nothing Tommy it's, it's tip top as he pulls the fucking door off the hinges I just think, you know, we can do a little bit better. So he gave Tommy $10,000 and was like, come back with a new caravan for us. Tommy goes out to uh, get the caravan with Gorgeous George. And while he's out getting the caravan with Gorgeous George, they are bargaining with a gentleman by the name of Mickey who – um What's the best way to say this? Mickey is a bare knuckles boxing champion. They don't know that. He also is high indecipherable. Like Brad Pitt put his entire foot into this performance.
1: I have no idea.
0: I have no idea what he's
4: saying.
0: (laughs) Well, let's see.
4: It's a The Pikey campsite. Ten points. What are we doing here? We're buying a caravan. Off a pack of fucking Pikeys. What's wrong with you? This will get messy. Ah, uh, not if you're here. Oh, you bastard. I fucking hate Pikeys. That's a flash car, Master. It's not as flash as your bike, though, is it?
6: Who are you looking for?
4: Mr. O'Neill. That's a good lad. Piss off. Are you gonna go and get him for me?
6: Yeah.
4: And what are you waiting for?
6: The five quid you're going to pay me? Oh, well, fuck
2: off. I'll find him myself. Two fifty. You can have a quid.
6: Oh, you're a real tight fucker, aren't you?
2: Now, there is a problem with pikers or gypsies. What are you doing, Paddy? Get out the way back. You can't really understand much of what is being said. You
6: tell me. Come back to He's Mr. O'Neill. Fuck,
2: man. Tell me, Mickey. It's not Irish. It's not English.
6: How are you? when it's been the horses, you know? It's
2: just, well, it's just pikey.
6: Fuck me. Just look at the size of him. How big are you? Hey, kids, how big is he? A big man, that's for sure. Hey, man. Come and look at the size of this fella. I your back's a little, can't you, Ah. You look like a boxer. Get out of the way, Mickey. See if the fella's would like a drink. No, oh, I the murder one. We know more than murdering done around here, I don't mind telling you. Get your hands out there, you tiggy little coy cup of tea for the big fella. Come on. Oh, don't be silly, Mickey. offer the man a proper drink, oh. right? <laughs> you little fucker. Is the big fella not coming with us?
4: No, he's minding a car.
6: What do you think we are, thieves?
4: I oh, know, nothing like that, we He just likes looking after cars. Yeah, dags. Do you like dags? Dags. What?
6: Yeah, dags.
4: Dags. Do you like dags? Oh, dogs. Sure. I like dags. I like caravans more. <laughs>
1: You're welcome. Still don't know what the fuck to say. <laughs> <laughs> Still
0: have no idea. Gorge, All I know is the cuss words. Gorge George got out the car and he was like, you a big fucker. After they uh, buy the caravan from Mickey and Gorge George attached it to the back of their car to take off, they get about, oh, and a dog. They also get a dag. Um they get about 5 minutes down the road before the fucking back wheels the whole rear axle of the caravan pulls off and the caravan falls apart ruined. So they come back and they're like, "Yo, the caravan you gave us was shit." And um Mickey's like, the fuck do I want with a caravan with no fucking
4: wheels?" Sorry Mickey. Just give us our money back and you can keep your caravan.
6: Why the fuck do I want a caravan? It's got no fucking wheels. What <coughs> the you think you're going? You're going to sell us and fight! I <coughs> don't mind.
5: Don't you fight. away! Go on! Go on! Matt, nah, nah. have you fight, okay, Nicky! Nah, you know what happens way. Okay. when you, you fight! You need to sit down. Give I, us a second, yeah.
6: don't yeah. you? For fuck's sake. You want the money? Hey, right, fuck you. What's that you for? It.
0: You and me. So Mickey said to Gorgeous George, if you beat me in a fight, I'll give you your money back. Gorgeous George and him get into a fight. Mickey's taking off his coat. Gorgeous George punched him in the face. And Mickey's like, all right, that's how it's going to be. Gets back up. Gorgeous George punched him again. Mickey goes down again. Gorgeous George is like, this is fucking stupid. I'm out of here. Mickey's like, nah, he don't leave till the fight's done. <laughs> and he finally gets a chance to take off his coat and his hat and his shirt and he's stretching as he gets thrown into the crowd he starts stretching everything then he tells his boys who were in the crowd because this is all his folks all right boys up with me and they lift up the fence that he's lying on so then he's standing back up gorgeous george is like all right if you want it you got it he comes in and mickey hits him with one right punch. one punch and he's out And at that point in time... (laughs) (laughs) This is where I don't
1: understand this entire movie. Why didn't Turkish tell... the I forget the other dude's names. Tommy? Instead of betting on fucking Mickey to throw the fight, put all your money on him to win. He's going to win every fight.
0: Because he really... He really did believe. I think Turkish made the mistake of really believing that at some point Mickey was gonna do what they asked him to do, but he wasn't. And so because Mickey just took Gorgeous George the fuck out.
2: It turned out that the sweet-talking, tattoo-sporting Piker was a gypsy bare-knuckle boxing champion, which makes him harder than a coffin nail. Right now, that's the last thing on Tommy's mind. Gorgeous doesn't wake up in the next few minutes Tommy knows he'll be buried with him. Why would the gypsies want to go to the trouble of explaining why a man died in their campsite? Not when they can bury the pair of them and just move camp. It's not like they've got social security numbers, is it? Tommy, that's it. He's praying. And if he isn't, he fucking should be.
0: So... Tom or Gorgeous George gets back up, but his jaw is like shattered. Mm -hmm. It's done, and so Bricktop has nobody to for his boxer to box against. Um, so Tommy and Turkish go to talk to Bricktop and tell him that you know their boxer is down and they have nobody to uh, go up against him, and um, he's like, yo what's going to happen is you're going to bring in somebody else and they're going to go down in the fourth and I'm doing you a favor by doing this. And by him saying, I'm doing you a favor, that pretty much means that they're in his pocket. Now, while this is happening at the same time, a little bit further down, we meet up with, uh, we we meet up with some Pawn shop, some pawn brokers, uh, Vinny and Saul. And Vinny and Saul are pretty much, like I said, just pawn brokers. They have a pawn shop there. They're as legit as you can be. And um, they're talking with a bad boy, uh, a yardie, about some stuff that he brought in for them, some stuff that he snatched. And they were like, man, this shit's fake. Get it out of our face. And then Boris comes in, because his uh, brother told him, as I said, you don't want to be associated with this uh, with this robbery. So Boris is uh, offering them ten thousand dollars to steal the the diamond or to get the briefcase off of. Uh, Frankie Forefingers. At this point in time, they also, uh, the dog, the dag that was sold to (laughs) Tommy along with the caravan, jumped out the window when the caravan broke down and took off. And somehow it ended up at Vinny and Saul's office. So now Saul has his hands on the dog. Not that it matters. They're discussing it, saying it better not be dangerous when Boris walks in. Be
4: dangerous. What do you think you're doing now? Well, I want them to get used to the shop, don't I? Help! Help! Oi. Help, help, Oi, help! Stop help, the dog! Come back here! Alright, Boris. Don't worry about the dog. I'm not. What can I do for you, Boris?
3: I have a job for you. I already have a job. Fifty grand for half a day's work. Go on. I want you to hold up the bookies.
4: Uh,
0: That's the start of the whole problem. They go to hold up the bookies. And yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, They go to... They go to rob the bookies. And... It turns out that there is no money in it, and um, because Bricktop, who owns the bookies, has shut down all the bet all the bets um, because, well, the boxer that he was supposed to have is out of commission. So while they're coming out of the uh, bookies, well, before that even happens, let's introduce the rest of the people on their in their group. So they go and they're about to go and rob the bookies. And in order to get to rob the bookies, they decide they need a getaway driver. And so the getaway driver is uh, a gentleman by the name of Tyrone. And Tyrone. <laughs> be to the
4: punk. Thank you, Tyrone. Oh, sign. Tyrone's gonna be driving for us. He's done a rally driving course. Thank you, Tyrone. I don't want that dog dribbling on my seats. Your seat? Tyrone, this is a stolen car, mate. While I'm at the wheel, it's my car. (laughs) So stop that dog dribbling on my seats, all right? I can't believe you found it. Where would it go? It went straight back to the jibos. Shut up. And how could it find them? Well, I don't know. I'm not a dog, soul. Ask him. Like he's a fucking omen beacon or something. Oh, steady on the brakes. Fuck me. I thought you said he could drive, so Listen, don't worry about me. Just worry about that dog on my seats. All right.
0: Now, a scene happens at this point in time. They're in like this. Pinto? It's a little ass car.
1: It's some little car.
0: And Tyrone is not a little man at all. Tyrone's pushing 400 pounds and uh, he gets out of the car and I'm gonna just let y'all listen to it. This is the sound that's about to happen is the sound of Tyrone getting out of the car.
4: What? I thought you said he was a getaway driver. What the fuck can he get away from, eh? Don't worry about Tyrone. He can move when he has to. <laughs> Just worry about getting us a gun, yeah? Yeah? What's that? <laughs> this is a shotgun, Sol. It's a fucking anti-aircraft gun, Vincent. Yeah, well I want to raise some pulses, don't I? You'll raise L. Never mind pulses. So. <laughs> They have a shotgun
0: and they go to the bookies and that's when they find out that um, all the bets are off. Um, In a scene that is absolutely insane. um, They attempt to rob the bookies, get told all bets are off. Hold on one second. This was so stupid. Hold on one second. These,
1: dumb, they, you
0: know, these might be the two dumbest criminals I've ever seen. And the luckiest, because uh, what happens is that Frankie Fourfingers is at the bookie. He's going in there to talk with the bookie, but he goes into the back first to take the, uh, unsnap the briefcase from his wrist that has a diamond in it. And he... Um, He's getting out the car when Tyrone, or getting back out of the van that he gets into, uh, when Tyrone backs into the van, when there's literally nothing else on the street. Like backs into the van so hard that he knocks uh, Frankie forefingers basically into the wall and knocks him out cold.
4: That does not look like a bookcase. What have you stopped here for? What's the matter with that space over there? It's too tight. Too tight? You can land a jumbo fucking jet in there. Wait, leave him alone. He's a natural. Into your Tyrone. Natural fucking idiot. Tyrone, what are you done? Yeah, Tyrone. What have you done? Look, you hassle me, you see what happens. <coughs> all right, it's all right. Now, don't move it now, otherwise people will see the damage. What did you do that for? I didn't see it there. It's a four-ton truck, Tyrone. It's not as though it's a packet of fucking peanuts, is it? It was a funny angle. It's behind you, Tyrone. Whenever you reverse, things come from behind you. Control that dog as
2: well!
4: Get that dog, Get dog off! Of it. Give it that squeaky toy. You shut up last time. <laughs> oh, Don't snatch. Can't swallow a whole ball. Ooh.
0: So, it's important that you know that the dog swallowed the entire squeaky toy, like, full and clean um so they are now sitting out front of uh the bookies we go back to tommy this movie jumps around an awful lot um and we are now back with tommy and turkish who are talking about the um bare knuckle boxing fight that was supposed to happen but now doesn't happen because of um Well, because of Mickey beating his ass. And so now they're in the hole with uh, Bricktop, and they are trying to figure out what they're going to do next. Um, Did we get to the
1: part where they... uh... Oh, never mind, keep going.
0: And so this is the part where they figure out that the only way that they're going to be able to get this boxing match to continue to go on is if they go back over to Mickey and ask him to um, box for them. And so initially when they went to see Mickey, they went to see him for a caravan, right? That was all they came to buy. They walked away with a broken caravan, well, with no caravan and a dog that then ran away and no boxer. So this time they have to go back to Mickey. (laughs) Mickey's like, you want me to fight for you? I'll do it for a caravan, <laughs> and they're like, We were the ones buying a caravan off of you. And he's like, Well, now I need a caravan, it's for me, Ma. And they're like, For who, and me, Ma, his ma, oh, his ma. And so, uh, they decide that if he boxes for them, he's going to, uh, they'll get him a caravan, and Mickey has to go down in the fourth. They keep stressing this to Mickey and Mickey agrees technically, but Bricktop is extremely, or uh, Turkish is extremely nervous about it because Bricktop ain't one for
2: deviations. Bricktop runs an illegal bookies. They take bets on anything that involves blood and pain. Now I'm changing fighters, and Bricktop's gonna exploit the situation. i gonna pull my pants down, grease me up, and aim for penetration. And if I didn't have the replacement piker, he'd want to split me in half. I can churn the paint off walls, these fellas.
5: Look me now, you dirty fucker, won't you? Shits himself when you put him in a ring. Poke you with a stick, you watch his bollocks grow. Do you like a dogfight, Turkish? We've lost Gorgeous George. Shh. You're gonna have to repeat that. We've lost Gorgeous George. Well, where'd you lose him? He ain't a set of fucking car keys, is he? And it's not as if he's income fucking spiculous now, is it?
2: Not backing out.
5: You bet your bollocks to a barn dance you're not backing out. We're changing a fighter. Oh, fuck me. Your lady friend got a voice. And who might you be changing him to, sweetheart? You won't know him, but he's mustard. Mustard? I don't care if he's Muhammad, i Bruce Lee. Look,
2: you've still got your... F-
0: i don't care if he's muhammad i'm hard bruce lee <laughs> i'm
5: sorry But no i lose all bets at the bookies you can't change fighters at the last minute so no i don't have my fight do i you fucking prat. you can take bets at the fight put a lead on her turkish before she gets bitten and you don't want to get bitten now do you sweetheart Make sure your man goes down in the
2: fourth. You understand me now, don't you, Turkish? This is the one place I didn't want to be. In his debt. Which now means I'm in his pocket. You're on thin fucking ice, my pedigree
5: chums. And I shall be under it when it breaks. Now fuck off.
0: So... The fight is on. It, it's set up, except for the fact that Mickey knocks out the dude that he's going up against in the uh, first round. And um, so, one punch, again. one punch again. Also, between these times, Doug and Avi are talking to one another. And um, Avi is like, Doug, where, where's Frankie Four Fingers? And Avi is like, "He, I don't know. I'm not his
5: mom. Fingers. I don't know, Abby. I'm not his mother. But I'm seeing him later. When later? Well, he said he wanted cash. So he's coming back after he's been to a fight. A fight? What do you mean? What do you mean a fight? A boxing match? Is there gambling involved? It's a boxing match, Abby, a boxing match. Did he have a case with him? Yes, he had a case. In this schmuck is gambling? You're talking about Frankie, I've got a problem with gambling fucking forefingers, Doug. Ivy, I'm not telepathic. Well, you're plenty fucking stupid, I'll give you that. Do you have any idea why they call him Frankie forefingers, Doug? No, I have no idea. Well, because he makes stupid bets with dangerous people. And when he doesn't pay up, they give him the chop, Doug. And I'm not talking about his fucking foreskin either. Javi, uh, I'm sure he can pay. Well, not with my goods he isn't. You got a toothbrush? We're going to London. Do you hear that, Doug? I'm coming to London. <laughs> shut up and
0: sit down, you big bald fuck. <laughs> the writing in this movie is phenomenal in every single way. So they go, Doug and Avi go to the boxing match um, in order to head off. Frankie Fourfingers who isn't there uh because he's stuck in the truck at the bookies um and meanwhile uh Tyrone and Saul and 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 Vinny who are waiting outside of the bookies for Frankie Fourfingers to show up at the bookies because again they don't know that they got him trapped in a van behind them they're just honestly stupid
4: yeah It will probably cough it up. Do you think it'd be all right? I hope not. Look, are we going to rob this bookie's or what? Yes, big man. What are we waiting for, anyway? We are waiting for a man with four fingers carrying a briefcase, Tyrone. And why is that? Because the deal is, the Russian gets the case and we get the money. What's in the case? Oh, for fuck's sake, Tyrone. Just concentrate on the steering wheel. (coughs) Jesus.
0: Probably not So they finally get tired of waiting and they're like, yo, let's just go ahead and and do this. And they think that they see a man with four fingers finally going inside of the bookies. How they think they see a man with four fingers from across the street in the dark,
4: I don't know. But they're like, yo, that's him, let's go get him. I don't know, how many fingers did he have? I'm sorry, I couldn't get the binoculars out in time. Look, well, let's not stand on ceremony, mate. Let's start the show.
3: Do you know who this bookie belongs to?
4: Look, if you know what's good for you, right, you give me everything you've got. Vince, oh! what are you doing up there? What does it look like I'm doing up here? Oh! This is starting to hurt, Solomon! Drop the screen now! Oh! Oh! How you doing, Vince? Oh, I'll doing a lot better you stop using my notes. Fill that bag. All bets are off. I am not in here to make a fucking bet! Appreciated. But all bets, bets
1: are, off.
4: are off.
0: These two dummies.
6: If all bets are off, then there can't be any money, can there?
4: I ain't fucking buying that.
3: Well, that's Andy, because I ain't fucking selling it. It's a fact. What have you got? Nothing really, a few coins, but no notes. Ah!
4: Show me your hands. You got five fingers. (laughs) Copper coins. What do you mean copper fucking coins?
0: This nigga, while he's looking in the bag of copper coins, he leaves the shotgun. That's an anti-aircraft gun. He leaves it sitting on the counter. The woman who is behind the counter grabs a shotgun, licks off around at him, closes up the fucking security screens again. So now they're stuck in there. And locks the door. And so locks the door. The inside. So they are uh, at the point where they're trying to get out the door. They shoot at the door. The door is bulletproof glass. So the bullet bounces off the door and hits... Solomon in the leg or hits Vinny in the leg Vinny's down they're pushing on the door over and over again trying to get out and they're like I guess we're stuck turns out it's a door that can only be pulled (laughs) so Tyrone from his side pushed the door open he's like what the fuck are y'all doing and they get up and run out and it's all on video they've taken their um, ski masks off and looked up at the camera. They said each other's name countless times during this robbery. It's, 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 it's a whole thing. It's, it's awful. But as they're getting, uh, some
1: fucking idiot storms in and lets them run out. Tyrone. Tyrone.
0: And so they run back out to the car. And as they're getting in the car for the getaway, they finally back away from the van, giving Frankie forefinger space to open up the door and get out. But Tyrone sees him getting out the van and comes back and knocks him out with one punch and drags him to their car and throws him in the car. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing, Tyrone? Who the fuck is this? And he's like a man with four fucking fingers and a briefcase. And so that's the end of that whole scene. Um, after that, they have the boxing match, the first uh, bare-knuckle boxing match in this movie um, with a Mickey and whoever it is he's boxing against. And they're reminded, they're reminding Mickey, look, man, you gotta you gotta go down the fourth. Is that clear? You go down in the fourth.
2: So Mickey, you're going down in the fourth. Is that clear? Just make sure he doesn't kill me before the fucking floor.
5: So give it up for the bone-crunching, one-punch machine gun, Uh, Mickey!
0: Uh, Mickey's got a cigarette in his mouth and shit, (laughs) looking all uninterested, and comes out and takes the other dude out in one fucking punch. And after he takes like this, like Mickey is literally the real life version of One Punch Man and shit. Mm-hmm. And so after he uh, knocks this dude out in One Punch, because I mean, he, in his defense, he might have thrown the match. He might have, but the dude headbutted him before the match even started. And so Mickey was like, okay, that's how we're doing this. And so as soon as the dude comes out, He just hits him and he's gone. The dude is out. (laughs) Tarkish and Tom here just looking at him like, how dare you?
2: Do you realize I've just done fucking 40 grand, down you? What's the fucking crack?
5: I'll make it up to you. I ain't fucking hurt me, Bricktop. I'll make it up to you, I promise, stand on me. Oh, the fucking pike has put me in it. Well, thanks for the tip, Bricktop. Listen, you fucking fringe. If I throw a dog a bone, I don't want to know if it tastes good or not. You stop me again whilst I'm walking, and I'll cut your fucking Jacobs off.
0: That was the part where I learned that Jacobs was British for balls because he pulled out a knife and cut That's that nigga that in the nuts. Yeah. I'll cut your fucking Jacobs off. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Like this little ass, not a little ass dude, but a nobody comes up the brick talk and he sees everybody else getting on his helmet about uh, fucking up the, the match. And he's like, you're not on my level. And pulls out the knife and fucking stabs him in the nuts. He's like, next time he talk, to me, I'm going to cut him off. So they get back to, um, they go back to Saul and uh, Vinny. And they're in the pawn shop waiting for Boris. And Boris is like, hey, um, where is everything? And they're like, yeah, we need to talk, Boris. He's like, the dude is still alive. Why is he still alive?
4: He's here. Will you explain it to him? What are you doing with him? The case was attached to his arm. So why didn't you chop it off? Why? We ain't fucking butchers, Boris. He has the case. Look, we, well, you have a problem. What? There weren't much cash at the bookies. Uh, okay. Here is uh, the ten grand. No, no. Keep it. We want this. Well, at least half of this. What was in the case was mine.
3: What was in the bookies was yours. Okay? Well, it wasn't
4: much. But here's the 10 large to help the situation. No, I'm afraid it's too late for that. We want half of this. And that's because we're being generous. I mean, we could by all rights keep the old fucking stone, Boris. Oh.
3: Oh, oh, drop the gun, fed boy. Fucking idiots. He could not know my name.
0: So they kept saying Boris's name in front of Frankie Forefinger, so he pulled out a gun and shot Frankie in the face. Frankie is sitting there with a fucking tea cozy over his head. (laughs) Which, for the uninitiated, a tea cozy is what you put over a tea kettle in London after you get done cleaning it. Anyhow, he's now sitting there with a bullet in his face and a fucking tea cozy and smoke coming out of the tea cozy. And they're like, he's like, he couldn't know my name. Now, you motherfuckers.
3: (laughs) Give me the stone. It's in the case. What? It's
4: in the case. You put the stone in the case. Then open the case and give me the stone. The only man who knew the combination, you
2: just shot. <sighs> yep, spirit.
0: so he takes a fucking butcher knife and just chops the arm off and walks out the door with it. I mean, nothing more, right? So Turkish realized that after that bare knuckle boxing fight, Bricktop is coming for him. And so he tries to go back to their arcade? Casino? I don't know. It's just a place with a whole bunch of slot machines in it. But So he's in there trying to get his money out of his safe, and <clears throat> Bricktop shows up.
4: It's Oink, oink. Shit. So that's where you keep the sugar.
2: Brings you to it. Run out of pence to sniff.
3: That sounds like hostility, doesn't
5: it, John? Oh, and we don't like hostility, do we, Errol? No, we don't, John. Uh, I just had them polished. Go and put the kettle on. You take sugar. No, thank you, Turkish. I'm sweet, I'm sweet
4: enough.
0: <laughs> so we get back to uh, Boris, who's chopped off the arm of Frankie Fourfingers. And he turns around and tells them. He's now your problem. I got what I wanted, which is the arm in the case. Okay. Yeah.
3: You can keep the 10 grand along with the body. But if I see you again, you motherfuckers. Well, wow. Look at here.
0: So he walks back out, you know, I've punked all three of y'all out. Nothing more, nothing less. We'll be back to hindsight after this brief break.
2: Hello, kiddies. Welcome to Dads from the Crypt.
4: (laughs) Hello, boys and ghouls.
1: Welcome to Dads from the Crypt a weekly podcast where three dads who love horror movies review the Tales from the Crypt TV series and movies. My name is Jason. I'll be joined by fellow dads Jody and Mondo. Join us as we dive into the plot, talent, and source comics of the iconic HBO series. There will also be music recommendations, trivia, and dad advice. Look for the Dads from the Crypt podcast on your favorite podcast app starting on Father's Day. And follow us on our Facebook group. Twitter at CryptDads and Instagram at Dads from the Crypt.
2: Follow Dads from the Crypt or I will follow you to the grave. <laughs>
4: Scary ghosts. Creepy serial killers.
2: Horrible
4: horoscopes. All things that go bump in the night. Open Shutters is a creepy podcast guaranteed to make your skin crawl. Join Barry Marino and Philip Landry as they take you on a hair-raising journey recorded in the most haunted city in America, New
0: Orleans. Available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google,
4: and wherever podcasts can be found. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window.
0: I'm Derek, one of the hosts of Return to Oswald. Return to Oswald is a podcast about the iconic HBO show Oz. And we started it quite simply because my friend Brandon has never seen a single episode and we loved living through its horror. Scar, Brandon, and myself get together every Tuesday and discuss this show episode by episode, season by season. We have great conversations and nothing gets held back. We respect each other too much to lie. And we talk about how absurd this show really is when you look back at it. Like, how long is the time frame in Oz? People are getting executed within like three days of getting there. And why do they show people if they're just going to kill them within eight minutes? That did happen. And why hire so many rappers to play bit roles? Is there a quota? Why is there a direct pipeline between this show, The Corner, and The Wire? Oh, and The Sopranos. We didn't forget about y'all. Also... How does Adebisi's hat stay on? Why didn't anybody ever notice he had a CD player in his drawers? And why won't they put cameras up in that gym? These are all questions we talk about and more. So check us out. Go to linktree backslash HBORTO to find our latest episode. You can also just type us into your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for checking us out. That's me. Fucking role model. Bricktop tells, (laughs) Bricktop tells Turkish, I'm sorry I'm laughing through this whole thing, y'all, but y'all got to realize this is like coming to America to me as far as humor. But this movie is really fun. Bricktop tells Turkish, I need you to bring the pikey back. And this time he fucking goes down the fourth.
5: Okay. I've got a bare knuckle fight in a couple of days. I want to use the pikey. All right, of course. Of course, fucking of course. I wasn't asking, I was telling. But this time, I do want him to go down in the fourth. And I do mean it this time. Now. I know you come back here to open your safe. Open it. So now you can open
1: it. I don't understand. What? Why not
5: bet on Brad Pitt? I don't know.
1: Or hire him as one of your... Maybe it's because you want your fighter to win. Fuck him. This dude is like the best fighter you've ever seen. Give him all the... Hire him as your fighter.
0: He's one punch everybody. Like, he's taking people like out laying them out completely and you still won't bet on them i'm betting on them every time whether it's on the low or it's overt i'm betting on them but I don't have
1: one on the first round you'll win every time
0: and if you don't win then you're alive i mean i don't really see where the issue is in this situation um so they go back to mickey and they're like "Yo, yeah, we need you to box for us again <laughs>
4: Top
6: of the morning to you, Miss
2: O'Neill. Tommy. You're a snake in the grass, ain't you, Tommy? where they come from?
6: You're looking for my boy, are hey? you?
2: Do you know I can find him, Mrs O'Neill? Yeah. I suppose you'd like to share that information with me, would you? I don't want yous getting my boy into any trouble. Do you hear me? He's my only boy. And he's a good boy. He's coursing. What's causing Hair causing. They set two lurchers, they're dogs, before you ask, on a hare. And a hare has to outrun the dogs. So what if it doesn't? What a big rabbit gets fucked, doesn't it? Proper fucked. Yeah, Tommy. Before the Germans get there.
0: So, between this scene, because they intersperse all the stories together. So, before they go and talk to Mickey and the boys about Mickey wanting to fight for him, Bricktop is looking at the video of um, the bookie robbery, trying to figure out who fucking robbed his bookie. And he can't recognize Saul and, and Benny because he's never seen them before. But, um, they recognize Tyrone. So they run in and they grab Tyrone and they threaten the shit out of him and sick dogs on him. And Tyrone uh, gives it up, gives up the information to him. Also, um, Mickey, they ask him to fight again. And he's like, I'll do it for another caravan. And he's like, they're like, Well, this caravan's twice the size of the first caravan. He's like, Well, it's not the same fight, is it? And they're like, Well, uh, let's bet about it. If if we'll bet on the coursing. If the dogs get the hair, then you win and we'll pay you for the caravan. But if the hair gets away, you fight for free.
2: Well, do you want to do it? That depends. On what? On
6: you. Hey, This caravan. Ah. Uh, not the Roger. but the Rose. It's not the
2: same caravan. It's not the same fight. So what's the fucking size of the last one?
6: Turkish. The is twice the size. And my master needs a caravan. They like to look after me mad.
2: It's a fair deal. Take it. Mickey, you're lucky we aren't worm food after your last performance. You're buying a Tarts Mobile Palace is a little fucking rich. calling your mum a tar, huh? I just meant.
6: Now, save your breath and your parts. Hey, look, so what's a heck of two roof lights? Uh, the stainless house frame furniture and, the uh, scar cushions with, uh, matching stock by Colvin. <coughs> yeah. Right. It's a terrible parcel to the Paddy Winkle Blue, guys.
2: Have I made myself clear, guys? Yeah, that's perfectly clear, Mickey, yeah. Just give me one minute to confer with my colleague. Did you understand a single word of what he just said? I'll tell you what I'm gonna do.
6: <laughs> Fucker. I'll bet you for it.
2: You'll what? You, you bet you, bet it you for it. It. What, like Tommy did last time? Do me a favour?
6: I'll do you a favour. You have force me. If I win, I get a car to run. And the buyers get a pair of them shoes. <laughs> <laughs> if I lose...
2: Uh, fuck
6: it. Oh, fuck it. I'll do the the fight for free.
2: Now, the last thing I really want to do is better pikey. However, I don't really have much of a choice. Somehow, I've got to get him to fight. If I lose, well, I don't even want to think about losing. Okay. I reckon the hair gets fucked. What? Proper fuck?
0: The hair doesn't get fucked. The The hair gets away. The hair
1: gets away.
0: And so now they have another caravan. Um, And at the same time that this coursing match is going on, which for those y'all who didn't hear, coursing is when two dogs are set upon a rabbit. And if the rabbit gets away, good for the rabbit. If the rabbit doesn't get away, rabbit gets proper fucked. Uh, While the rabbit is running away from the dogs, Errol and the other guy, Jack, John, are chasing down Tyrone and they have him in the back of the car, and that's when they take him to Bricktop with the... Um,
1: this part was cool.
0: When the juxtaposition?
1: Like the three, when the, when the, yeah, with, like, the three things happened on the road at the same time?
0: No, we're not at that part yet. Oh, I thought that was this part. No, this is the part where he's asking uh, where Bricktop is releasing the dogs on Tyrone so that then he'll tell them who robbed the bookies. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, they end up putting Tyrone into a body bag. They don't kill him. They just have him in a body bag. Um, And so later on that afternoon, we will see what happens when Bricktop meets the people who robbed his bookie. And it is a wonderful, wonderful moment. Um, But before that happens, Saul and, and Vincent are in their, they're at the uh, pawn shop looking down at Frankie four who still has a, a hole in his head and the T codes on his face. And, um, they run into Bricktop. We cut back over to Tommy and, and Turkish and Turkish. Tommy is like, man, this is fucked up that we just lost to this dude. We were supposed to be the ones getting the caravan and, uh, turkish ass tommy well why didn't you pull out your gun and bust a cap in his ass tommy and tommy's like i got my gun right here and it turns out the gun was sold to him by boris the bullet dodger which is a complete dud like it's it's fake as fuck and so tommy decides that he's going to go and confront boris and get his fucking money back all of these things are important because they all—all all of these stories, all of these small things that are happening, all come together perfectly uh, in this movie. Like, like I've never seen movies that play together this well since. Like I said, um, there's not even Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction had a bunch of separate stories. But I think
1: Pope Fiction, well, this one you can kind of see coming
0: Mm -hmm. more than
1: Pope Fiction. Yes. Because the way the Pope Fiction told it linear, it wasn't linear. So it was kind of it came together. You realize it at the very end. But this one you can kind of see, okay, at some point these things are gonna all line up.
0: And so he's like, I'ma go see that fucking Russian. And then we go back to Saul and Vinny and the bad boy Yardy that was in their um their shop earlier. Has he
2: got a tea on his head for
4: to keep his head warm. What happened to him? He got shot in the face, Lincoln. I would have thought that was obvious. What'd you do that for? Did you mistaken for a rabbit? What'd you want me to do about it? Sort it out. You're not a fucking witch doctor. But you are a bad boy yardie. And bad boy yardies are supposed to know how to get rid of bodies. I create the bodies. I don't erase the bodies. Looks like we Governor.
5: Goody gumdrops. Get us a cup of tea, would you, Errol? Grab hold of his legs.
2: What do you think I want to grab him by? His
4: fucking ears.
5: Hope this is not a bad moment. Do you know who I am? I do.
0: The funny part of that scene is that while Saul and Vinny are both looking at like, "Why the fuck should we know who you are?" the person who's actually involved in crime is like looking petrified, like I, I do. <laughs>
5: Good, that will save me some time then. Well, I don't.
1: (laughs) They had their chance here though. Everybody (laughs) else is in another
5: room. You're always gonna have problems lifting a body in one piece. Oh, by the way,
0: this is the best speech of the whole, one of the the best speeches in the whole fucking movie of great writing.
5: Apparently the best thing to do is cut up a corpse into six pieces and pile it all together. Would someone mind telling me? Who are you? And when you've got your six pieces, you've got to get rid of them. Because it's no good leaving it in the deep freeze for your mum to discover now, is it? Then I hear the best thing to do is feed them to pigs. You've got to starve the pigs for a few days, then the sight of a chopped up body will look like curry to a piss head. You've got to shave the heads of your victims and pull the teeth out for the sake of the pig's digestion. You could do this afterwards, of course, but you don't want to go sieving through pig shit now, do you? They will go through bone like butter. You need at least 16 pigs to finish the job in one setting, so be wary of any man who keeps a pig farm. They will go through a body that weighs 200 pounds in about eight minutes. That means that a single pig can consume two pounds of uncooked flesh every minute. Hence the expression, as greedy as a pig.
1: Okay.
4: Well, thank you for that. That's a great weight off my mind. Now, I mean, if you wouldn't mind telling me who the fuck you are, apart from someone who feeds people
5: to pigs, of course. Do you know what nemesis means? A righteous infliction of retribution manifested by an appropriate agent personified in this case by a horrible cunt. Me. Gentlemen.
0: He doesn't even tell them who he is. He just tells them about the pigs, how to, how he, how to dispose of bodies with pigs gives him the definition of a nemesis walks past all of And while he's telling them about the uh the pigs by the way arrow walks in and hands him a cup of tea while he's talking none of them know who he is they just walk watch him walk in and walk back out quietly they're a like who the fuck is this dude then Bricktop walks to the door opens the door says gentlemen and just stands there quietly until they all go out the door and into the next room where they see Tyrone in a body bag. And right before he's about to kill them, he's, they're like, look, we know we robbed your bookie. We're sorry. We can get you an 86-carat diamond. So Avi is mad about um, still not having his diamond back, not being able to find Frankie four fingers. And he's like, Hey, I need y'all to, uh, I, he's back with Doug the head. And he's like, I need to figure out where my diamond is. Call Frankie four fingers. And Doug's like, I can't call Frankie four fingers. What do you want me to do? I'm not a fucking bounty hunter. And Doug's daughters are like, what about bullet to Tony?
3: Bullet tooth Tony. Who's bullet tooth tony? tony? You silly fuck He's a liability.
6: He'll find you Moses in the burning bush if you pay him to. You are gonna die, Tony. He got shot six times had the bullets molded into gold. I shoot you! You go down! Yeah, he's got two in his teeth that dad did for him. So he loves Dad. Tell you fucking die! He's the best chance you've got to find him Frankie.
4: Six times. In one sitting. <laughs>
3: we are in trouble now. That sounds
0: promising.
5: What are we waiting for?
0: I'm coming. So they call Vinnie Jones, well, Bullet Tooth Tony, played by Vinnie Jones. And Bullet Tooth is a bad, bad motherfucker. This was the first time that I had ever seen uh, Vinnie Jones before in any movie. Like after this, I saw him in Gone in 60 Seconds. I saw him all over the place. But this was my first time uh, seeing him in any type of role. And I was just, I thought that he was like fucking awesome. Doesn't talk much, but when he's talking, like initially when he's shows up on the screen, he's beating somebody to death with a car door. Like slamming their head in the car door over and over again. And then he answers the cell phone. And it's like, bonjour. And they're like, yo, we need your help with this. Um, after that happens, they go back over to Sol and, 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 and Benny for begging for their life. What
5: have you got to tell me that's so fucking important? Mr. Palford, why do you think we got a dead man missing an arm in our office? Talk to me. Tell me. Four days. You
4: give us four days and I will get you a stone the size of a fucking home. I kid you not.
5: What do you think, Errol? I think we should drip dry on government while we've got the chance. It was a rhetorical question, Errol. What have I told you about thinking? You've got 48 hours. If you keep that silly fat wanker, the lads can't lift it. 48 hours. After that, it's your family. And the pigs finish what the dogs don't do.
0: So, yeah. Next up, we have uh, Avi See, and Doug.
1: He said, make it to...
0: Well, initially they said, we, we need four days to find it. He's like, you got 48 hours. And then we're going to feed you to the dogs. And then the patient clean up whatever the dogs can't eat. Also, we're going to leave you Tyrone because our guys can't lift him. There was a man
3: I'd like you to find. Well, that depends on all the elements in the equation. How many are there? 40,000. Where was he last seen? At a bookie's. Bookie's? Passes the blow, Susie. So a bookie's got blagged last night. Blagged? Speak English to me, Tony. I thought this country spawned the fucking language, and so far nobody seems to speak it. Blagged? Robbed. We've got to go and see a man that looks like he might know something. I need a gun. You don't rosebud me, old son. You need me.
5: Hell, <laughs> like fucking black ink all over fuckboy mine. You can stained for fucking light. Okay, and under the golden retriever as well. Fucking hell, my all shit, right,
3: man,
0: So they run up on this guy named Mullet in front of the uh, jewelry store, and Mullet puts his head into the car to talk to uh Bullet Tooth. He thought Bullet Tooth was dead. That's why he was talking shit. Uh, Bullet Tooth, as soon as the dude sticks his head into the car, Bullet or Tony rolls the window up on the dude's neck and starts driving down the street while he's trying to find out who tried to rob Bricktop's uh, bookies. And Mullet tells him that it was some simpletons, some idiots, and so he lets him out. And the next thing that happens after that is that they run up on Saul and and on Vinny um, at their shop, and they're like, yo, who told you to rob the bookies? And he tells them that it, well, Saul tells them it was the Russian. A
4: Russian? Well, to be technical, he's an Uzbekistanian, but... Uzbekistanian? I've been dealing with those sneaky
3: Russian dogs. <laughs> Give me a name. Oh, no. Boris. Boris the Blade? Yeah. As in Boris the Bullet Dodger. Why do they call him the Bullet Dodger? Because he does his bullets, heavy. he? He won't
2: fight unless we buy his mum a caravan. And you've nicked all our savings.
5: In the quiet words of the Virgin Mary, come again.
2: He's a stubborn bastard. He said he's got to look after his mum. Are you taking the piss? What can I do? I can't make him do it, can I?
5: You're not much good to me alive, are you, Turkish? So
0: what just happened there is that Turkish is telling Bricktop that they lost the bet. So now they have to buy a caravan for Mickey before he'll fight. And Bricktop made (laughs) Turkish open up his safe and give him all his money. So now they're broke. So they're calling Bricktop for some money. So then Mickey will fight. Bricktop's like, uh, you're not very good to me alive. And so he decides that the best way to get Mickey to fight, to convince Mickey that he should fight is to go to Mickey's camp and set fire to Mickey's mom's caravan with Mickey inside of it. Then after that, they um, try and go and beat up the, Bricktop's gangsters go and try and beat up uh, Turkish, but Tommy pulls up with his fake gun and gets uh Turkish out of trouble. Uh they go to see Mickey, and Mickey's like, yo, y'all didn't do anything, it's not your fault. What the fuck are you apologizing for? It could have been worse. And then we get to the scene where Abby is uh looking out the window talking about Russians, and they hop in the car getting ready to ride out and uh go after Bullet Tooth or go after uh, Boris the Bullet Dodger. And um, this is where a bunch of different things happen. They go to, um, they're waiting at Doug's Jewelry Shop looking out the window and they they see Boris enter on the security camera because he has the diamond that they were looking for. And he's trying to sell it. So one of the guys says he's going to take care of Boris. And, and the next thing you see is that um, the guy, Rosebud, Tony and Avi are all in the car beating up. <laughs> they got Boris though. And they put him in the, into, they shove him into the trunk. Uh, they go over to Boris's house and they get the diamond from him. At the same time, we see Saul and Vinny, uh, and in their uh, car talking about how they're going to rob the jewelry shop and, but they don't have any guns. And uh, Saul or uh, Vinny is talking about, well, I have these fake guns that say replica on them. And uh, but they, make noise, though. they make noise. They will, they will make a bang. And they will let you know that, that, um, that we were there. And so, yeah.
4: What's I supposed to do? He set the dogs on me. Look. That sneaky fucking Russian. No wonder he didn't want to do it. First things first. One of us, Tyrone, you get round to the Russians. The second you see him, you give us a call. Now...
0: So all of these stories right now are happening like concurrent. Talk or not? And so
4: lookers. They look the shit, don't they? And nobody is gonna argue. And I got some extra loud blanks just in case. In Oh, in case we have to deafen them to death.
0: And at that point, Tyrone hits it up and said that he's found uh Boris he's being put into the trunk uh at the jewelry shop. Uh, So they come over there to get him. And as they're going down the street, (sighs) let's see how we can make this all make sense. (laughs) (laughs) They get into the car, they're riding off and they run over Boris. The reason why they run over Boris is because Boris is in the middle of the street walking around aimlessly. The reason why Boris is walking around aimlessly is because Tommy and Turkish are also on their way over to uh, the jewelry shop or they're just riding down the street aimlessly talking about um, why milk isn't a good thing to drink because Turkish is drinking a container of milk. And so Tommy grabs the container of milk out of Turkish's hands and throws it out the window of their uh of the truck that they're driving and suddenly they hear a huge um a, a horn honking and a crash and they're like oh shit so the next thing we do is we fall into bullet to tony and Avi's car and obvi is like um give him a gun and he's like he doesn't need a. and tony says he doesn't need a gun he can have a knife and he's like well i deserve a gun and they're like you don't need a gun you can have a knife i have a bigger knife in the back that you can
3: hold on to it's a little noisy isn't it i yeah. just want to stab it well
4: it's a little cold blooded is not it do you want to kill him or not i'll cut him i got a blade yeah that's the spirit did i fire of course they fire. Yeah, but how do you know? I mean, they're replicas. What do you know about replicas? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, Solomon? Well, you wanted to know whether or not they work. I didn't mean to try it in the castle. So you You so! What
3: are you going to do with that? Pick his teeth. Wipe the butter off it and put it away. But there's a proper blade back there.
4: As have only been domesticated in the last 8,000 years. Before that, they were running around as men as lorries. The human digestive system hasn't got used to any dairy products yet.
2: Well, fuck me, Tommy. What have you been reading? Let me do you a favor.
0: So the milk they throw out the window lands on the, uh, the windshield of Tony and Avi's car. Tony and Avi not being able to see crash into a light pole. The blade that Rosebud was pulling out when he was like, I got a bigger blade than that. He pulled out a fucking sword. It impales him. He's dead. Also, the impact of the the crash has caused the trunk to open up. Boris gets out. Boris is walking around the middle of the street because he has a, a bag over his head. And he's just inching around in circles trying to figure out what's going on when he gets hit by a car. Uh, the car is Solomon and, and Benny, who are unable to, who are distracted because of the um, blank that just went off in their car. And so they all go into a bar uh, to kind of, you know, soothe their ills.
3: One of the black stuff, landlord. I thought you wanted to get cleaned up. The bathroom's back there.
2: with the door open? Shouldn't think that's a good idea. Should we go in? I don't want to go in there. It's a dangerous bastard. Taking too many disco biscuits in the heat of Russian disputations. He's got as many of these nuts as he has those nuts. I don't care if he's got fucking Asian nuts. I want a gun that works. And I'm gonna tell him. Oh, good time! Surely got those minerals. Come on, then, for the Germans get. In.
0: And so Tommy goes up, and he thinks he's about to try and punk Boris into getting him a new gun. Boris doesn't even know who he is. He just walks past him and grabs him by the nuts, <laughs> and Tommy collapses.
2: You just tell him who's in charge. Thomas, Uh, Boris. I certainly told him, Tommy.
4: Stop, idiot! Stop!
0: Drowning And Boris walks in, and walks right back out with an AK forty-seven, and walks right over to that bar. now. Avi's in the bathroom at the bar. Bullettooth is on the phone with somebody trying to get information. Saul and Vinny walk into the bar with their replica guns, and they think they're going to threaten Bullettooth into telling them what's going on.
3: Come and pick us up. And Doug.
4: Sharpish. I don't want to fuss, and I don't want to put a bullet in your face, but unless you give me exactly what I want, there will be fucking murders. What's your name? Shoot him. Ooh. Let go of the gun.
3: Sir. So. You're obviously the big dick, and that on either side here yeah, are your balls. There are two types of balls. There are big brave balls, and there are little mincy faggot balls. These are your last words, so make them a prayer. Now dicks have drive and clarity of vision, but they're not clever. They smell pussy, and they want a piece of the action. And you thought you smelt some good old pussy and have brought your two little mincy-faggot balls along for a good old time. But you've got your parties muddled up. There's no pussy here. Just a dose that'll make you wish you were born a woman. Like a prick. You're having second thoughts. You're shrinking. And your two little balls are shrinking with you. And the fact that you've got replica Written down the side of your gun. And the fact that I've got Desert five-up... written on the side of mine should precipitate your balls into shrinking along with your presence.
0: They had replica written on the side of their gun, and they zoomed in on every single letter of the word replica and every single letter of the word Desert Eagle 0.50. So, Saul, Vinny, and Tyrone decide that it's a good idea for them to leave, and as they're walking down the hallway of the back room to go back outside, they um, walk into Abby, who opens up the bathroom door. They point their replicas at Avi and, Al- and are at Avi and they demand the diamond from him. Avi's like, fuck you. You're going to have to shoot me. And so they start pulling out. They start acting like they're going to shoot him with a replica gun. Then Boris enters with his assault rifle. And he's about to shoot everybody. And <laughs> they're like screaming back and forth at each other. And, and Tony can hear them all from the other room. He tells Avi, Avi, pull your socks up which means get down. And Avi and the pawnbrokers drop to the ground. Tony shoots through the wall with his desert eagle, just along the entire wall. Hits Tyrone, um, well wings Tyrone, Tyrone falls, and hits Boris. Vinny and Saul get up and grab the case from Boris or from Avi and they run, leaving Tyrone behind. Uh, then tony walks into the hallway and reloads and he's about to shoot um tyrone but boris is talking shit and so he's like boris don't 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 talk shit don't take the piss and so boris keeps talking shit so uh tony keeps unloading into him (laughs)
3: What the gone away. What's Boris doing here? Uh, uh, Boris, I'll... what are you doing here? Fuck uh, you! What's the case? Ah, uh, you this Don't take the piss, Boris. I'll show you now.
4: You Almost.
0: After he does that, he's about to shoot Tyrone, but then it turns out he's out of bullets, and he's like, you lucky motherfucker. Um, Saul and Vinny have the, the diamond, but they really don't because they need to go and give it to Bricktop. But Vinny thinks he has an idea.
4: All right. Give me a minute. It's a bit fiddly.
0: He stuffs it down his pants, and he's reaching down to get it. And he's like, I hit it just in case we got mugged. I don't know how he hit it in case he got mugged from the uh, from the bar out to the car. But he pulls out the uh, diamond, and he's like, who do you think's going to try and rob, rob us? We're two black guys who just came out of a bar carrying guns. Who the fuck's going to try and rob us?
4: Bullet Tooth Tony and his friend Desert Eagle .50. What have they got to do with anything? They're both steering straight at me.
3: You should never underestimate the predictability of stupidity. Now out of the car and leave your water pistols behind
4: just, just, just tell him the stones back at the office. I think that's right. So,
0: they go and they tell him that the uh, stones back at the office. So they go back to the office. Um, the next thing that happens is that they are. We're talking to. We go back to Tommy and uh, Turkish who are sitting in their same old busted ass caravan and they're discussing what can happen with Mickey because Mickey is at a funeral currently mourning his mom who uh, just got burned to death. And at their funerals, they drink a lot. And so they're not worried about whether or not Mickey will knock the other man out. They're worried about whether or not Mickey will even be able to make it to the fight because he's gonna be so damn drunk. And so they go to see Mickey, and Mickey is laid out. And um, they're like, "Mickey, we we got to go to this fight." Meanwhile, Bullet Two takes uh, Saul and Vinny back over to their um, back over to the pawn shop to get the stone that was left back allegedly at the pawn shop. And when they get back to the pawn shop, the dog which they had chained up. Uh, in the pawn shop has gotten loose and has fucked up their entire office, like ripped stuff apart. This is why dogs, yeah, you don't just leave them un- uh, unwatched when you don't know what they're going to do, but destroy their entire uh, building, like pits all over the floor, stuff like that. And they say that the diamond is inside of a box and they go to see it and the box is open and they're like, well, the dog must have eaten it. So, Avi is like, yo, Tony, give me a knife. I'm gonna open up the dog.
3: It's a bit funky in here, isn't it? Open the window.
4: people look like animals. And where's this stone? Come on, where is it? It's on the Where? Where? I left in a box. It's empty. I'm getting heartburn. Tony, do something terrible. No, I'm being serious. It, the the dog. The dog must have had it. Well, now let's have a look, shall we? Tony.
3: Well, look in the dog. You mean look in the dock. I mean open him up. It's not a fucking tin of baked beans. What do you mean open. open him up? You know what I mean.
4: That's a bit strong in it. No, you can't do this.
1: It's
4: fucking stupid. Man, you
0: never heard a dog that goddamn dog. So they're like, I don't want to cut open the dog. He's squeaking. Avi's like, you never heard a dog squeak before. Give me the gun. The dog gets loose. He's running all over the floor. Avi starts shooting literally just randomly. The dog hops out the window. Avi's like, yo, Tony, come on. Let's go. So he's like, Abby. Abby, uh, shoots all over the place trying to get the dog. The dog is, uh, gone. And Avi turns around and he's like, Tony, let's go, Tony, Tony, but it turns out that while Avi was shooting all over the place randomly, he happened to shoot Tony and bullet to Tony is now dead. So Avi being a sound mind and body and being from another state or another nation, hops on a plane and goes back to the United States.
6: I hate fucking dogs. Come on, Tony.
0: Looks down at the gun that's in his hand. Looks at Tony.
6: Anything to declare?
5: Yeah. Don't go to England.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So that's a couple stories wrapped up. The last one is they are uh, getting Mickey up and prepared for the fight. He's still hella, hella, hella drunk. Bricktop comes in and is like, yo, he goes down the fourth. If he doesn't go down the fourth, it's gonna be a fucking tragedy. And Bricktop also has his guys, his henchmen on the phone, and he's like, yo, are y'all ready? And so while the fight's going on, it actually goes the four rounds that it's supposed to go. The only problem is after. Uh, Mickey is taking a couple shots, including one shot where he gets lifted out of his fucking shoes. Mickey gets back up and knocks the shit out of the fucking, um, knocks the shit out of the other dude. And that's when they realize that they're going to fucking die. That uh, Turkish and Tommy and, and Mickey are all going to die.
2: We're out of here. Stupid fucking Piker. Those Brick Tops got a dozen keen to kill monkeys with shotguns sitting outside his campsite. Once the campsite's wiped out, I know it's going to be the same for us. You ever cross the road and look the wrong way?
4: Give me that fucking shooter!
2: And then hey presto, there's a car nearly on you. So what do you do? Something very silly. You freeze, and your life doesn't flash before you because you're too fucking scared to think. You just freeze and pull a stupid face. But the pikey didn't. Why? Because he had plans on running the car over. It had previously occurred to me that the gypsy had taken the demise of his mother rather lightly. For every action, there's a reaction. And a pikey reaction is quite a fucking thing.
0: So, as Bricktop's men were standing at the top of the hill waiting to shoot up the campsite, the other fellas from the campsite are waiting in the bushes for Bricktop's men to go to their spots, and they jump out with their guns and riddle them up with bullets. That's the first thing. Second thing that happens is that they go to the car, uh, that Brick Top came in and they shoot his henchmen that are in the car with them. Or they're in the car waiting for him.
5: Me. If you want your friend to hear you, you'll have to talk a lot louder than that. Give me that fucking shooter!
4: I'll give you a your shooter, you're concher.
2: That is when o'clock clocked the park, he had money riding on himself. That's the reason the bus that never goes down when he's supposed to. We've been tucked up while he's been cleaning up. We're worse off now than when we started.
0: The reason why they're worse off now than when they started is because what happened is that Mickey and his guys just went back to their campsite, fucking cleared shop and disappeared. The next day, they go over to the campsite to witness the carnage. And while they're there, some cops pull up and they're like, what are y'all doing there? And the dog that ran away, the dog that Tony got killed over, is running back through the um, campsite of the Pikeys. And Turkish is like, we're walking our dog, aren't we? Tommy, go get the dog. And so Tommy goes and picks up the dog and he's carrying him out. Meanwhile, at the same time, Solomon and Vinny are being pulled over by police who are asking why they have a dead man with one arm and a cosy on his head in the back of their trunk. And as they drive past, or as they're standing out there being arrested, they see Turkish and Tommy driving past uh, with the dog on Tommy's lap. And they look up and there's nothing they can do about it. They know that the diamond is inside the dog's stomach. Turkish and Tommy decide to keep the dog, but in, in, in exchange for keeping the dog, uh, they demand, Turkish demands that Tommy takes the dog to the veterinarian. The vet does surgery on the dog and finds a squeeze toy, um, a half of a shoe, um, and a diamond inside of the dog and now we go back to the first scene of the film when turkish and tommy are sitting nervously across from an unseen man and it turns out it's doug the head uh who says he might know someone interested in the diamond and the last scene we see is ivy boarding a plane back over to london and that's the end of the movie
1: Great.
0: excellent movie
1: it's gonna be added to my year we watch this. I enjoyed it greatly.
0: I hope so. And watch it with the um with the closed captioning on.
1: Well, yeah, I need that because I have no fucking clue.
0: It's <laughs> completely, completely different. Um Brad Pitt, uh, when he found out he was gonna be playing a boxer, he became concerned because he had just finished shooting fight club and didn't want to play the same type of role again but he took it because he wanted to work with guy richie so fucking badly um, but when richie found out that brad couldn't master a london accent he gave him the role of mickey the gypsy so brad's character and in indecipherable speech was inspired by many critics complain about the accent of the characters in lock stock and two smoking barrels Guy Ritchie decided to counter the criticisms by creating a character that not only couldn't be understood by the audience, but also couldn't be understood by the characters in the movie.
1: Alan Ford was the MVP before you asked it. Bricktop.
0: Oh, yes. Bricktop's like my favorite character in the movie. Oh, Also, Lenny James, who plays uh, Solomon and was in The Walking Dead, Um, in the scene where he's shooting, where they're at the bookies and he pulls out the shotgun and everything, when he fired the hole in the wall at the bookies, he actually hit himself in the dick with a shotgun, but continued the scene and they kept the footage in the film. That's why he looks so in pain. And the role of Bricktop was originally offered to Sean Connery. Uh, Connery liked the script and was curious to see Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Uh, so the producer arranged a screening for him at short notice. Connery turned up and watched the film uh, and emerged with this judgment. That's a good film, but you can't afford me. So that's how they got Alan Ford. Alan Ford, would
1: have been, he was better than Connery. Yeah for that
0: role, Yeah, I, I just, I love this movie. There's not much that makes me happier as far as movies go than this movie. Like whenever I watch it, I know I'm gonna end up smiling. I know I'm gonna end up with a grin on my face. It never fails me, ever, ever. And I'm so glad that you got a chance to watch this. Also Jeff, From Jeff first The World got to watch this for the first time. So I'm interested to see what his thoughts were on it. I was trying to get him on here so I could have two newbies uh, seeing it for the first time. But it didn't work out. Next movie on the list. A movie that definitely didn't age well. But to me, it's still a classic. Leon the Professional by Luc Besson. And Shantae from the single simulcast will be joining us for that one. Have you seen that movie yet, Brandon?
1: Absolutely not. Hmm?
0: Absolutely not. Oh, okay. Well, let me tell you like this. Gary Oldman plays the villain in this movie. And when I made the villain list for single simulcast, he was like number two behind Hans Gruber. And you'll see why. He literally made the movie for me. Amidst all the rest of the issues with the movie, he made this movie for me. You got anything coming up soon?
1: Nah, I'm going to watch a bunch of movies this weekend. though.
0: Okay. We went and saw... Uh, uh, I saw... Chris
1: Chris Rock movie is out. Finally, so I can finally
0: watch Spiral. Spiral, that was good. I'm looking forward to discussing that one.
1: And then uh, I want to see
0: this M Night movie. Old. Okay, I'm gonna see that probably this weekend. I do have a client, but we'll see.
1: I know it's gonna be stupid, but I'm gonna watch it anyway. Yeah. And I wanna see Snake Eyes.
0: Yeah. Did you see Space Jam?
1: It's not for me.
0: Look. I've heard a lot of statements that say the movie's not for them. The movie's not for adults. So why are y'all getting so, why are y'all saying it's a bad movie? The reason why I can say the space jam was a bad movie is because I've seen a lot of movies that were made for kids that were good movies. Enter the spider verse, the Mitchell's versus the machines, a Lego movie up the toy story franchise, like a whole bunch of great movies. So I, I don't get to pick and choose when I'm going to say this movie was made for kids. You know what I'm saying?
1: Those were made for kids, too. They just happen to be good for adults.
0: Yeah, and we've reviewed kids' movies before. And this movie was...
1: Incredibles was was bad, but kids still loved it. The Incredibles was...
0: This movie is... No,
1: Incredibles was good. I'm saying if it wasn't, it wouldn't matter because it's not for me.
0: Space Jam is a lazy-ass movie. It's bad. Like they literally take scenes. There's one part where they go, all of the Looney Tune characters have gone to different parts of the Warner Brothers server verse. And it's just an opportunity for them to show off other franchises. But the way they show off other franchises literally by just having the Looney Tunes in scenes that happen in the actual movies. So like for the Matrix, Granny is playing the role of Trinity. It's just really, it's a lazy scene. It's not funny at all. It's just, this is the best y'all could do type stuff. But it's not for you. I watched it. My kids watched it. It wasn't for me either. Like, because it wasn't a good movie. Uh, y'all can leave review at podchaser.com. You can also leave review on Apple Podcasts and on uh, Stitcher. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. Brandon is on Twitter at that cool nerd. That's B O I'm on Twitter at Rashani, and the show is Hindsight Reviews, R-E-V-U-E-S. Uh, the cool thing about leaving a review on Podchaser is you can leave a review for the episode or you can leave a review for the show as a whole, or you can do both. Um, you can also email us at HindsightMovieReviews at gmail.com. Again, reviews is R-E-V-U-E-S. Uh, you can leave a voicemail for us at 916-633-1537. Uh, become a patron member at patreon.com slash single simulcast. Um, help us buy movies at buymeacoffee.com slash SSCast. Did I leave anything out? I don't think I did. So with that, uh, we thank y'all so much for checking us out. Uh, I hope that y'all watch Snatch. I do um because as good as it as it is to talk about it it is a visual masterpiece it's like a delight to watch and so you got to watch it with the closed captioning on thank y'all so much for checking us out we greatly appreciate it y'all be good we're gonna holler at you later peace Music for hindsight is Coffee by Cambo Smith and it's from the Free Music Archive.
4: This is
1: single
0: simulcast.